When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Wisden World Cup Daily Podcast. Who on earth was complaining that there were no close games at this World Cup? For the second day in a row, we have been treated to an absolute classic. Uh, this one may be even eclipsing that South Africa-Pakistan thriller. Australia-New Zealand putting up the highest ever aggregate in a World Cup match uh, with Australia winning in the final over. On the final ball, Australia defending 388 by just five runs. Uh, I'm joined by Jim Wallace to uh, to discuss that absolute thriller. Jim, let, let's start at the end because it did basically have everything right. I mean, you had the, the hints of controversy, you had, you know, mishaps from, from both sides and also just some really, really good cricket from both sides. And you had at the centre of it, James Neesham, Jimmy Neesham, who kind of always finds himself at the centre and just, just on the wrong ends of these of these all-time great moments. Yeah, my heart went out to him. Um, I thought he was going to do it and pull it off at the end. We were texting sort of and saying, is he going to do it? Is this going to be some sort of redemption is an overused word in sport? But it felt like he might get them over the line. Um, yeah, I was gutted. I mean, that last over had everything. So it was, it was there was five wides um, just before that. I don't know if we're going to do a moment of the match, but the um, the done quickly. Labuschagne yeah. um, stepping on the boundary rope uh, to to Trent Bolt six. There's a great line about um, Courtney Walsh batting, which I think is something like he bat. He used to bat like a blindfolded man hitting a wasp's nest. And Trent, Trent Bolt is a little bit similar to that. He, he hits the ball in weird areas. He doesn't look great, but he often comes up with a nuggety little score. Uh, and he he smashed this ball and for six. And then I was listening to the commentary and they were saying it's out, it's it's out. And then uh, there was just a little bit of Labuschagne's heel on, on the boundary sponge. So some weird sort of um, universe glitch there, because obviously that was Bolt four years ago. Mm. Um, so that was the moment I thought that New Zealand were going to get over the line. But um, poor old Nisham, yeah, at the end, I spoke to him just before the, the tournament started. And he, he was saying how, you know, his white ball stats are never going to be written on his tombstone. He's very much like a a chilled out um, character when it comes to all this stuff, doesn't take it all too seriously, but I think that will hurt, you know, going through the first time he's batted in a World Cup match. Again, first bat out in the middle of a World Cup since Lords 2019, and it goes right down to the wire, two balls to go, and he can't quite get England over the line, uh, New Zealand over the line, sorry. So it was, um, yeah, it was an epic game, a real, uh, even tighter than the one yesterday, I think, with Pakistan and, and South Africa. Yeah, and, and even just like, 
the echoes in the run out off the penultimate ball like you know the, the, the throw's got to go to the keeper's end basically and it yeah. does and it, obviously it's niche and run out this time rather than rather than good and that was an amazing bit of keeping because that wasn't a great throw again again like how butler's were, he had he had a bit to do i think inglis actually had more to do off labashane he took a few catches but he had a bit of a shocker he, he missed a run out as well a couple of overs before the end through to the wrong end oh he absolutely wanged it at the stumps didn't give Stark chance to to get back, or, or was it Hazelwood? I can't remember. Well, there, there was one moment when, because actually, well, I mean, it was just so frantic those last few overs <laughs> and those last few balls. But there were times when also Australia actually fielded brilliantly, and then there were also mm. the the mishaps. Like uh, there was one that Nisham absolutely crunches down the ground, and you're like, well, that's that's four straight off the bat. And Maxwell yeah. is placed really straight, sprints round, and doesn't just dive to keep it. He flicks it to the uh yeah. to, to, to the guy near him that was brilliant you had a brilliant yeah. save by i think it was by labashane out on the out on the rope but you also had yeah the, the the throw in that mitchell stark was not happy with and you could hear him absolutely screaming into the stump microphone um <laughs> and i guess that's the thing is like you had bits of brilliance combined with bits of of panic i guess for, from both sides i suppose i mean stark renowned death bowler but that was that is not an over he'll be hanging up in his in his hall of fame you know there was yeah. obviously the wide there was the full toss but even the the other balls were kind of, they were slot balls, right? They weren't the Yorker balls, not, you know. I couldn't believe that they went to him for the last, I guess they sort of have to, otherwise it's, it's quite a big thing, but he's not bowled well all tournament. I think he's got seven or eight wickets, hasn't he, all tournament. He's going at, he used to be going at, he used to get a wicket maybe every 16 balls, 17 balls. Now I think it's 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 way, his strike rate is, is, is way higher than that. Um, he's not looked quite at it um, in this World Cup. And it's that, yeah, that five wides, I mean, that's like for, for a bowler of his quality and his experience in a last over to, to, to slam down five wides at the start of that over, that's uh, it's a bit criminal, really. But yeah, he's not looked quite at it. But yeah, he definitely wasn't happy when um, Marnus absolutely pinged one in and it could have been quite an easy run out if he'd just given himself another second or so. Um, but there was so much. I mean, Maxwell dropped a sitter, a, a catch that you know, you or I would take 100 out of 100. and Maybe and, maybe uh, you, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. A, a caught and bowled, right? And then it didn't cost them too much. Uh, it was Ravindra at the end of that over. Um, and Ravindra got out, I think, maybe in the next over, caught, caught on the boundary. But, I mean, yeah, like, should we talk about him? You've got a stat. You said you were going to blow my mind with a, with, a, with a Ratchin stat. Well, we should talk about him. I think we just need to cover off a couple things from the finish first, almost like admin-wise. Yeah. Firstly, yeah. there was a bit of questioning of Nisham's actual sort of game management in that situation mm. in terms of he was but he basically did I don't think he turned down a single the whole no. time I'm pretty sure uh mm. when he was batting with Henry and then with Bolt um was I guess was that the right thing is it just one of those things that you know one day that'll come off and one day it won't or do you think maybe he could have faced a little bit more of the strike it's hard I think he was lucky actually because he 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 didn't run a single off, um, or he did run. He took a single, sorry, off the last ball, and then the first ball of the next over, uh, Bolt smashed a six. You know, if Bolt if Bolt blocks out three or four balls, then then that decision is potentially um, you know cost them the game. He, he was lucky that it didn't quite pan out like that, and also he got on strike pretty early in the um, in the last over too. I think um, it's hard, isn't it? Because you want to take all the runs, but then. You also Nisham's Nisham's the guy that's going to win you that shot, win you that match with some with some big sixes, and he and he did. He pummeled some massive sixes. There was one over cover, um, which was a which you know he there's been a lot a lot of runs hit today, as you say, it was a record run scoring game, and I think even that boundary potentially was the highlight of them um, to keep. And it was an amazing 
50 overs often gets a lot of stick because obviously there can be a lot of interminable overs. But when it gets like that and basically a team is chasing and they're in it and they're staying in the chase for maybe 35 overs needing nine, 10 and over and not to lose, every wicket is a huge moment. There's a real sense of jeopardy and drama and it's sort of on the whole, you know, well, all our, all our early morning and then mid morning and then into the afternoon is taken up following this thing. And it's sort of, uh, it feels really satisfactory when it, when it goes down to the wire Um, on the flip side of all the semi boring games we've sort of had so far it feels like this, the world cup is coming alive with some with some tight matches in the in the second half yeah and it's a good point actually because i think one of the reasons why this game was better than yesterday's game on the whole is that yesterday's game safka were kind of cruising it and then collapsed and it got close mm. this it was crazy how neck and neck it was just the comparisons mm. all the way through like after 40 mm-hmm. overs the two teams had the exact same score i think 292-5 and that that was going on quite a lot i mean new zealand you know, obviously they lost, but batting wise, they, I don't think, you know, they couldn't have done much more. And and, and let's talk about, about the man Ratchin. Uh, so, yeah. so this is, this is the stat. Um, only two batters have made more than one men's World Cup 100 before turning 24. They are Ratchin Ravindra and, can you name the other? I mean, I'm not your guy for this. I'm going to say Sachin Tendulkar. It is Sachin Tendulkar. There we go. It's Ratchin, Sachin, and, and there's your Statchin. Um, <laughs> there's your stat, Jim. Yeah. Um, so the crowd were chanting Ratchin, Ratchin as well, weren't they? And I don't know if they've done that before, but they've obviously t- really taken him to their hearts. And maybe I've been living under a rock. Sometimes I do, but I didn't actually realise till I heard it on the radio when I, when I was in the car that his name is, is uh, he's named after Ratchin. Uh, sorry, he's named after Sachin and Raul Dravid. His name is a, is a, is a composite. Do you call it that? I don't know. Uh, Portmanteau, um, yeah. Portmanteau, maybe. He has quite highbrow, isn't it? And I was yeah. thinking, you know, do you think there's anyone listening to this podcast who will be, uh, you know, maybe they'll call their, their son or daughter after us too, uh, Benajam or uh, Jamadict? Yeah, maybe. It could be. Um, just Jen would be fine, wouldn't it? Anyone yeah, called Jen is named after us. Um, yeah. But I guess, I mean, I think you might be the last person in the world to to find that out. But I guess, you know, Ratchin's so good. Maybe maybe Sachin was named after him. Who knows? Um, I mean, but he was... Brilliant. And obviously, you know, the 100 against England was really, really good. Uh, I mean, the 100 against England was sensational. But this this even eclipsed that because of, you know, the pressure of the chase. Because actually, there is a temptation when you're chasing 390-odd to go so hard from ball one. And he didn't do that. It was brilliantly paced, even though he was able to, you know, find the boundary when he needed to. He took his time to get set and then he was clicked up through the gears. It was it was probably smart as well as the stroke play being, you know, incredible, wasn't it? It was a really eye-catching innings. I always think he just he's got all the shots. He's sort of classical batsman who's who's able to to turn it on under the under pressure. And he had a he had a, a great start and then um he he had he had a, a tricky innings against was it against Bangladesh where he was sort of on thirty and he got dropped on naught and you were sort of thinking, oh maybe he's tailing away, but then you know he came back in that game and that's a lot of pressure against the the old rival the battle of the ditch uh, and and there's a huge amount of pressure on and he got out just at the wrong time do you think you think if he if Ratchin bats for maybe four or five overs more there's slightly less pressure on Nisham there's slightly less um slightly fewer runs needed towards the end New Zealand were always just behind uh, a wicket fell just at the wrong time each time it always felt like they they were slightly always scrabbling they were keeping in it r- really 
doggedly. I think on TMS, Dan Norcross described them as sort of like a, a an annoying dog that wouldn't just sort of leave your side. It was always there as you looked round, but um, yeah, they just they were always just slightly behind, and I guess that's how it finished. Mm. Um, well, I mean, that wasn't the only hundred of the day, and I guess Travis Head was exceptional playing his. Uh, his, his first game of this of this World Cup, having you know and ba- barely held a bat the past few weeks, having having you know broken his hand to come in and, and play like that with that freedom. Obviously, it was a brilliant partnership, but he especially is just some player. You know, Australia were already on course for the semi-finals before he comes in, and he takes their side up to the next level, doesn't he? Yeah, scary. Him and him and Warner up the top. That's uh, Warner's obviously in blistering form as well, and wants to. Um, make a statement and he seems to really really be enjoying his cricket and enjoying himself and 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 had you know to come back in after not playing at all after having a, a badly injured hand and, and then doing that was what 100 off 70 not much more than 70 balls proper carnage at one point they were on for a really terrifying score um, they were like what 100, 118 off 10 190 off off not uh, off 18 and then and then they really tailed off. So you could you could see in the, those middle overs, I think they maybe got ninety off the next ten, um, and then and then at the end they came good and Cummins came in and wielded the long handle and stuff. But yeah, Head is I mean he's a really he's a he's a real um, dangerous player and really good for Australia. I think that he's he's come in now and he's and he's fresh, I guess, and he's obviously still in good form, um, and he just gives them that extra bit of firepower at the start, which makes them a a dangerous proposition if it is them that, that takes that fourth semi-final spot. New Zealand are still above them, right, You're on net run rate, but it looks like those top four are starting to pull away a little bit. Yeah, well, we sh- we'll we talk more about New Zealand and their semi-final chance in, in a second. I just wanted, I just wanted on, on head, in terms of how mm. Australia have actually fit him back into the side, mm. do you think they've gone the right way on that? Because this, this is the way that I would have gone before it. So they've obviously they've left out um, Green slash Doinus, I suppose. Um, and yeah. stuck with all the batters. But then when you look at it, when you look at what happened today and you see Labashain making 18 off 26 coming mm-hmm. in, you know, in the 30th over when you've got 230 on the board, that is, that feels like the risk of playing Labashain, I suppose. Uh, yeah. And then on the flip side, when you concede, you know, admittedly they scored 390, but when you then concede nearly 390, you might think, are we a touch shy in the bowling department, you know, Marsh bowls two overs for 18. Yeah. Obviously everyone's getting smashed. So Wood, Stornis and Green also get smashed, maybe. But I don't know. I don't know. I just wondered what you think, what you thought of of the way they've gone with that. It's hard, isn't it? I think I'm probably a bit torn and a bit biased. I was OBOing the match where Labashane got a really stodgy 30-odd off maybe. I don't know. It felt like an eternity. But <laughs> obviously he was playing for net run rate. I think that... um and again today he didn't he doesn't quite and he doesn't you know he he doesn't offer anything with the ball really they're not really going to chuck him the ball for some of his leg spins so that is somewhere I think him and Smith may be a little bit too similar in that in that top order and maybe if you go with a Marsh or a Green um, then then they do get yeah they give you some overs or a Stoyness even they give you some overs and and they maybe offer something a little bit more dynamic than than a um, a sort of nudger and a nerdler that Labuschagne is they give you. Um, the ability to to clear the boundary from ball one, whereas Manus always feels like he's going to use up ten or fifteen balls just to get his eye in. Um, but then you know he's probably quite hard to drop. He's quite a sort of lovable puppy, isn't he? So, yeah. But it, I mean, it's good that it's good for Australia that they've got that that depth now. I guess. Yeah, I guess I'd like to see them just be slightly more just flexible with it. Like I don't think 
Labuschagne just come in when he did. Him and him and Smith, to a lesser extent, can be kind of like collapse insurance. If you know those guys mm. go hard and 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 fall, then actually you quite quite like Labuschagne coming in and knocking it around number five. But when you're mm. 230 for three with 20 overs to bat, sticking you know Glenn Maxwell, he's got T20 hundreds opening the batting. Um, yeah. But yeah, as you say, good problem to have. New Zealand, you know, still well on track for the semi-finals, but their next game is against South Africa, who have looked brilliant this tournament. Then their next game after that is against Pakistan. And if Pakistan win all their games, they'll be on five wins. If New Zealand lose those two, the most they can get up to is five wins. It's not mm. panic stations at all, but, and you know, they, they, they have been very good this tournament, but there is still, I guess if anyone's going to slip out of that top four, it now seems like they're the most likely, I'd say. Yeah, the it was this I was listening to Jeff Lemon earlier and he was saying that everyone was sort of tongue in cheek, but he was saying everyone was raving about New Zealand, but really they had a, they pulled off a really good win in the in the opening match, but then they pretty much had the easiest run of everyone with the with um Bangladesh, Afghanistan and, and Netherlands. And and you know, you have to still beat the teams in front of you, but now they've got their their proper hard matches to come. They've lost to India, they've lost to Australia. It does sort of get a bit um more more nervy to them towards towards the end. But I think they've got, I mean, to, for them to go so close today, they could have easily capitulated and, you know, fallen by 100 runs, 150 runs. For them to get so close today, chasing down that score, I think they've got real strength in depth. Um, one thing we should talk about, actually, is did you see Kane Williamson run out with a pair of gloves and the, and the high vis on towards the end to give Nisham no, really. a message? <laughs> so, he, you know, he's around. Obviously, he's, he's, he's out at the minute. They're hoping he'll come back in. He, I think they're confident he'll come back in towards the end of the group stage. But they're a very tight knit group. Um, he's obviously he was coming out to say a few words, maybe to just say to Nisham. Uh, you know, turn down the odd single, mate, and and smash uh, smash a six or so. But um, yeah, uh, I think uh, I'm pretty confident that New Zealand will will make that four. Mm, yeah, I guess that there's. I mean, it's just similar to the last World Cup, isn't it? Where they got through with five wins again and a washout, and the five teams they beat were the teams below them. So South Africa, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, um, Afghanistan, and West Indies. That was their five wins. They lost against Pakistan and against the teams mm. above them, apart from a washout against India. But that can yeah. be enough at a World Cup. Um, yeah. And they look like doing the same again. And I guess also when you, when it comes down to net run rate, they, uh, their net run rate is at the moment significantly better than than Pakistan. So actually it could be yeah. a very similar situation to last time where it's five wins, plays five wins, but it's net run rate again for yeah. New Zealand. We shall see. And also they, I mean, the, the interesting about New Zealand is if they do get through and they, and they look, they look good for it, you know, and then it's anyone's game really, you know, it is remarkable that, for a tiny, tiny country, not a lot of um, cricket funding, especially compared to the other, to the big three that you know they they made two finals and hopefully going to make the semi-finals. It's um, they're a real, they're a real like celebration of, of one-day cricket, and and that squad is is still going on. Unlike England, whose 2009 squad has tailed off and now fallen away, which can happen. That New Zealand core squad, they've had a few people retire like Ross Taylor and and people like that. But the, that main core, they've brought in some new new people like Ravindra who are doing well. And some of the older guys are sticking around like your Williamson's and Southie's still around the group. He's probably not going to play, but he's he's there as a sort of, again, like Obi-Wan figure. Um, mm. And yeah, also just new guys who aren't actually young, like um, Mitchell Conway didn't play the last World Cup. They're not young, but yeah. they're a, a yeah. world-class bat at the moment, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Conway, Conway is still, you know, he's he, he looks, he always looks good. He always looks dangerous. Phillips as well, he's not really fired that much with the bat, apart from in a um, 
in one of, in one of the earlier games he got sort of seventy or so. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean they've got strength in depth as well. So I think yeah, they're they're a good they're a good. I mean they're they're my bet for the tournament. They always have been. But um, yeah, I'm I'm standing by them even though they went down today at the end. Mm, cool. Um, well, next up before we return to Jim for a preview of tomorrow's India England clash, let's head over to Abhishek Mukherjee to discuss Netherlands game against Bangladesh. Hi, Abhishek. It looked for a moment as if we might get a third thriller in three games. We didn't quite, but only because Netherlands were just quite a bit too good for Bangladesh. Uh, it's not new to say, but they've been one of the highlights of this World Cup, haven't they? They are a very unusual side. For example, they bat deeper than most sides. And for, I mean, there have been matches where you almost feel like they have the batting lineup at, at least the top eight or nine upside down. But because... They lose a few wickets and then number six, number seven, number eight, and number nine come out and contribute. There are they are an unusual side in many aspects. The other bit is so many of them bowl. So if one person does not perform, someone else covers up. Yeah, you're right to talk about the lower order. I mean that that was what it was today. Scott Edwards has, has played a few of those innings in the tournament. Um, I guess I think they really like Scott Edwards against spin. I think people are suggesting he should go up the order, and I think that's why they're not doing that. But I think you're right that it speaks to their resilience as well, not just, you know, they, they, ne- they never know when they're beaten. And when you think that their last game, they were, you know, thrashed by Australia, weren't they? It was the, the biggest margin in World Cup history. Uh, I guess they must have known they'd be on the wrong end of a few games coming into this tournament. But when you have to, you know, fight for every chance like Netherlands do, I guess you learn to develop some resilience. Uh, but there's also loads of skill there as well. I mean, Paul Van Meeker in today was outstanding. Uh, he took four wickets and uh, he contributed your moment of the day, didn't he? Yes, definitely. That ball to uh, get Mushfikur Rahim and Mushfikur is a top player. So to get him, I mean, he had no clue what that ball did. You look at his reaction after the discussion, you'll realise. I mean, it, it was one of the best balls of the of this World Cup. And uh, regarding their batting, it's a wonder how they did so well because, of course, they have their own bowlers, but they did not have net bowlers when they arrived in India. So they put out advertisements and they hired local net bowlers. One of them, a food delivery agent, another, an, uh, an officer who worked at a court and so on. They hired a group of local uh, amateur pictures as net bowlers. And that, that is the most of some of the practice they have their batters have been getting at this World Cup. It's incredible what they did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're pretty much the only side not to be playing an ODI series of some sort in the build-up to the World Cup. And they were actually asking if anyone would would play against them and they, they couldn't find anyone, but they've they've still done I mean they've done okay. Maybe they would have done better if they had them, who knows? But they've uh, they've still done well. Yeah, I mean that ball was just amazing. The fast, fast cutter. It actually reminded me a lot of the Vulnerable, I think, to Rizwan in the India-Pakistan game. You know, th- these these are two of the of the lower ranked sides in the competition. Bangladesh now not officially out, but almost out of contention. I think four wins, even so, even though in the next three, you're very unlikely to go through with four wins. Um, but Netherlands, look, it's still a long shot. But we were talking earlier in the podcast with uh, Jim Wallace about how New Zealand could get pegged back to to maybe five wins overall with their tough run of games. And then you might have a team on five wins going through. Netherlands' next two games are against Afghanistan and England. You'd say that they would have looked ahead of the tournament at that Afghanistan game and thought that could be one we can win. And you'd think they might look at England now and think that's what we might be able to win as well. And then if that happens, then they go into their last group game against India. Fair enough. But still, they go into that. Maybe, who knows, with a chance at 
the top four, which look, all, all of that is unlikely to all go their way. But the fact we're even talking about it is kind of amazing, isn't it? Yes, I mean, six matches into the tournament, they are still alive. They're above two uh, full members. And they are going to play one of them in the next three matches. And uh, Afghanistan is someone they should fancy beating. I mean, Netherlands should back themselves against both Afghanistan and England. Against India, it probably won't be as easy, but uh, or uh, it, it probably looks improbable against India. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, if they even if they go into the last match with their semi-final hopes alive, I think that will be a major experience. Obviously, England have been the story of the tournament from a bad point of view, but Bangladesh have also been pretty rubbish, right? I mean, England beat them, so they have to have been pretty bad. And then when you think that in this game and against South Africa as well, they've been out of the contest so far out from the end of the game to the point where they're like they weren't trying to win either of those for the last like five or ten overs uh they came into this tournament you know with a decent record over the last few years you know talking about subcontinent conditions that good good spin attack they had built some some quicks uh and and it's kind of all all gone wrong they're kind of scrapping for the wooden spoon now like what what has gone wrong for them considering you know how they were being talked about when the tournament began almost everything except Mahmoudullah. i don't think anyone averages 35 for the back in this world cup and I don't think anyone who has bowled 20 overs averages under, averaged under 30 with the ball. So they have failed on both sides. And they had the attack. I believe they had the attack to do well, uh, bowling attack to do well with these conditions. But uh, I don't know. There have been matches where they were in a position uh, against South Africa. They just had no clue how to stop them in the slog over Shakim, I think, admitted to that in the post-match press conference. Against India, they started off really well, and then they did not try to take the advantage. I mentioned Mahmoudullah, but Mahmoudullah's one major inning came in a situation where the match was virtually over. So there has been no major batter or bowler for Bangladesh who actually stood up in this World Cup. Mm, yeah, and I guess you think back to their build-up, how dominated that was by the the infighting between, yeah, you know, between. 2016 and 2023, I don't think they lost a single bilateral series at home. And conditions are not exactly the same as India, but they're not. But but Bangladesh is probably the closest in terms of conditions of all the other testing. You might not have expected to do really well, but you expected them to do better than this. Yeah, yeah. And and you wonder how much the the stuff in the build-up between Shakib and and Tammy McBowell and that whole Ferrari maybe it's it's too much to say that that has affected them that much because you know at the end of the day you go out on the field you bowl your balls you you, you face your balls does it really matter what infightings happened before it but i guess it kind of helped i suppose um well now it's back to jim and we'll be previewing tomorrow's england india clash jim india play england tomorrow uh doesn't get any easier for for england you know one win from five against, you know, yeah. the, the form team, the best team in the competition, the hosts. Uh, I think I almost think the worst thing for England is that even if they lose tomorrow, they still won't be officially knocked out, which just seems I cruel. I saw you, uh, you posted this yesterday and I, and I was doing the OBO of the uh, Pakistan-South Africa and I put it in there, I don't know if you saw, but I was like, if one thing is giving me heavy boots at the minute, it is this, and it's basically the fact that England aren't officially out, but they've, you know, they've got to sort of flog their corpse 
around India for the next few weeks with some mathematical chance if the stars align and Jupiter ascends and I don't know you regrow your mustache like they'll they'll end up they'll end up going through by some quirk of the numbers but I couldn't even bring myself to click on it I'd saw I saw the headline and, and you've obviously worked it out but is it like a ridiculous something really ridiculous has to happen yeah I mean yeah that, there need to be quite a few upsets and that sort of thing it because obviously they can only go up to 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 three no to four wins if that happens um which yeah. shouldn't be enough to go you shouldn't be able to go through a world cup group stage are you telling me that even if they even if they lose tomorrow they're not mathematically out exactly yeah i mean that uh, is it's something wrong there it's on some level right yeah i mean some someone on Twitter, i think his name's ian and i think his handle is who are we the lads which i enjoyed um but he described the, their campaign as like like an unflushable turd um, <laughs> how how much there. sadder can Joss Butler's eyes get? You can't he, he can't have any more sadness in his eyes. So you know, it's I feel for them. You know, it's it's hard once you once you've gone out in all but numbers and you've got to play those remaining games against some really good sides. You know, heads of down. Um, it's it's just been a bit of a shocker. You know, they they announced their central contracts in the middle of the tour and David Willey doesn't get one and he's on Twitter liking posts that are saying how hard Dunbar is. It all, it feels a bit wheels coming off, doesn't it? Um, uh, so yeah, good, good luck to them tomorrow against India. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be tough, I think. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask if you wanted to, to supply any positivity to, to England fans, but I think you've, you've, you've killed that off completely. Um, I think the so... most positive thing would just be just get, get this done get properly out and then you can reset and you know there's a there's a white ball tour of the caribbean in like eight days time so you know re get get up for that whereas at the minute it feels yeah a little bit like you're flogging a dead horse but um uh yeah good luck to them yeah and i suppose i mean at the moment people are saying you know everyone's gotta go sack them all drop them all start completely afresh and maybe some of them wouldn't mind that too much quietly but if you are say a johnny bairstow or a Ben Stokes, even like if you want to be part of that rebuild, you've kind of got what four more games in which to to show why, basically. Um, yeah. And and so that that starts tomorrow, I guess. The other the other confused thing was the dropping of Harry Brook. Like he's the future of white ball cricket in England. To to drop him for that crucial game and then they go down and the batting's really limp. That just that just smacks of um, really muddled thinking, I think, for me, because surely these guys like Brooke and Atkinson, they are the future. So you'd hope that in the next few games, they they're given a proper go, and and you know that that because otherwise that's really damaging for them. If they are suddenly dropped for the rest of the tournament, then you know they they carry that baggage around with them for for the next few years. So you'd like to think that, yeah, I think positively for England, if they play these games, they they play. Um, some of the, some of those more youthful players and they put up a good fist of it like like today New Zealand went down but you know you can go down in 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 a good fashion and make a fight of it I think that's probably what England fans just want to see they want to see some better cricket maybe the odd smile on the face and uh, and you know give them a bit of something to cling to a mass to cling to in the in the final few weeks rather than I don't know if they get bowled out for another 120 or whatever it's just like wow these two weeks are going to feel like two million years there you go. There's the pep talk, England. Just try not to get beaten by too much tomorrow. <laughs> well, uh, uh, th th thanks, thanks a lot. I for... mean, that's a metaphor for life, isn't it? Just get through. Just try and not get beaten down too much. Just you yeah. know, and then yeah, try try and smile through it. <laughs> uh, yeah, th th I think they'll do their best. Um, uh, anyway, thanks, thanks a lot for listening. We will be back tomorrow after that India England game when uh, Yaz will be back in the hosting chair. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. Cheers. Thank you.
Social Podcast Network.